This is Eye to Eye, an Ayn Rand Institute podcast, an interview show produced by the Ayn Rand Institute that deals with issues related to public policy, including science and environmentalism, healthcare, economic policy, the law, and foreign policy. I'm Amanda Maxim, and I'm sitting down in our Irvine office with my colleague, Rituparna Basu, a writer and research associate at the Ayn Rand Institute. Rituparna specializes in policy issues surrounding healthcare. Rituparna, I understand that you recently had a chance to speak with an expert on health insurance policy. Yes, I had the chance to interview John C. Goodman. Dr. Goodman is a research fellow with the Independent Institute, and he's also president of the National Center for Policy Analysis. He's most recently the author of the book Priceless, Curing the Healthcare Crisis. I had the chance to speak with Dr. Goodman via Skype about health insurance in America. That's great. So how do you follow Dr. Goodman, and where can our listeners get a copy of his book? His book is available at independent.org slash priceless. You can follow Dr. Goodman's work on his blog, which can be visited at healthblog.ncpa.org. Okay, well, let's have a listen to the interview. What do you see as the most problematic government controls in health insurance today? Well, there are two really bad things. One is we virtually outlawed portable insurance uh, in the United States. Uh, So an employer cannot buy for the employees the kind of insurance they most would like to have. And they can take with them from job to job and in and out of the labor market. Uh, Instead, the employer can only buy group insurance. And so when the employee leaves uh, uh, through retirement or, or, or accepting another job or simply getting laid off, that employee loses the health insurance, then must search for a new health insurance plan. The other really bad thing is that we virtually outlaw the ability of insurance companies to price risk accurately. Our premiums uh, do not reflect uh, our health risks. What are the consequences of government distorting an insurer's ability to price risk accurately? Well, the consequences of that are that we're all looking at the wrong premium. And if the premium for me is, is way below what it should be, I'll overinsure. I'll buy more insurance than, than I otherwise would have. Uh, but if the, if the premium is, uh, is way above what it otherwise should be, I'll underinsure. I'll buy less insurance. So, so, so people respond to prices. Prices uh, affect behavior. What are the consequences of banning portable insurance? Well, the worst consequence is that it creates enormous public desire to, to force the insurance companies to take all comers, regardless of health risk, for the same premium. So, so you, you intervene in the market, you create a set of problems and creates pressure for another intervention, which creates even more problems. And, um, um, and that's why the health insurance market doesn't look anything like the life insurance market. So the life insurance market has been left relatively free by government? Yes. We're going under Obamacare to be in health insurance exchanges. And then after people enroll in their plan, their incentives will be to overprovide to the healthy, uh, to keep the ones they have and attract more of them, but underprovide to the sick because they didn't want the ones they got and they certainly don't want to attract any more of them. You mentioned life insurance is relatively free. Why has government intervened so much in health insurance? Well, you know, in the 20th century, sector after sector, eliminating normal market forces, and it was mainly the American Medical Association. And the first thing they did was they got rid of private medical schools. So, so all the medical schools were nonprofit. And then they tried to get rid of for-profit hospitals. So the only hospitals would be nonprofit. And then they tried to get rid of the for-profit insurance companies so that uh, uh, the, the 
the, the only insurance companies left would be nonprofit. Government regulation is responsible for all the problems that we're living today. Insurance has historically been regulated on the state level, with each state having its own set of rules and regulations. As a federal law, does Obamacare impose similar regulations, but now on the federal level? Or has it introduced new types of controls that we haven't seen before? Well, it's more of the same, but it's worse than it was before. It's going to make costs higher, it's going to make quality lower, and access more difficult. So when you say access is going to be difficult, but everyone will have insurance, could you expand on that? Well, uh, it's going to create a, about 30 million new people who will be insured. And if the economic studies are correct, these people will try to double uh, their consumption of health care. And then it's going to require all the rest of us to have more insurance than we otherwise would have purchased. So there's a whole long list of preventive services that we're supposed to get with no deductible and no copayment. And as a consequence, uh, we're going to have a huge rationing problem. There will be long waits to get to see doctors. And um, if you are in a plan that pays below market, those people will all be pushed to the end of the waiting line. So the most vulnerable people in our society will have the most difficult access to care. Has there ever been a free market in health insurance in America? Well, you know, in the 19th century, there was a largely free market for medical care. Uh, by the time they began to think about it, uh, uh, we, we, we got regulation. So there n- was never really a long period of time when you could say there's been a free market for, for health insurance. One criticism that is made about health insurance on a free market is that insurers would cherry-pick low-risk customers, those who are younger and healthier, and simply turn away higher-risk individuals, those who are older and unhealthier. Is this an accurate characterization? Well, it is when you don't allow them to charge the appropriate premiums. So on a free market, insurers would simply charge higher-risk individuals higher premiums? Yes, and, and, and that, in fact, would be a good thing because we want there to be a market to take care of sick people. Uh, instead of having all the health plans run away from the heart patients and the cancer right. patients, you want them to try to attract those patients and, and meet their needs. And, and that's what would happen if the market were allowed to work. You mentioned in your book that with the state of health care today, Medicare looks like private insurance policies. Could you expand on that? Well, the big mistake in this country, both on the right and on the left, is to think that, that, that we have a private sector. In fact, they're very much the same. Okay. Uh, the private okay. sector is, is almost as regulated as the public sector. Government is involved in all parts of it. I okay. uh, think that our system is really different from the Canadian system. In fact, it's about 80% just like the Canadian system. They pay for care with time and not with money. Just incredibly bureaucratic. Uh, we rarely ever see real prices. What do you mean when you say that people in Canada pay for health care with time? Well, um, in Canada, when people go to their doctor, they don't pay anything. Uh, it's basically free, and so, so they pay with their time. They have to wait to see doctors. They wait in the doctor's office. In the United States, we mainly pay with time. When we spend a dollar in the doctor's office, only 10 cents is coming out of our own pocket. So 90 cents is paid by someone else, an employer, an insurance company, or the government. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we have a waiting problem here in this country, too. Every day we're looking more and more like Canada. Would you say, then, that the American health care system most closely resembles the Canadian health care system? It is a myth on both the right and the left that our system is radically different. It isn't. Um, and, uh, and part of the reason for that myth is they think that, that, that half the, the dollars are spent with the private sector, that must be real free market, real capitalist medicine, but it isn't. 
One of the main problems Obamacare was supposed to solve was the issue of people being turned down by insurance companies due to a pre-existing condition. Are there free market proposals for dealing with this issue? In a free market, people would be able to buy change of health status insurance. So that okay. uh, I would buy insurance, say, when I'm healthy, and then if I have a prostate cancer test that, that is bad for me, uh, now if I move to another plan, I'm a riskier uh, enrollee. So the premium is going to be higher, but the original insurer would pay that extra premium. And so I can insure against getting a pre-existing condition. I can insure against those extra costs. And that is the right way to solve the problem, not forcing the insurance company to charge everybody the same premium. Health insurance differs from other types of insurance in that health insurance offers mostly comprehensive coverage that pays for routine procedures and products, such as annual physicals and contraception. Auto, homeowners, and life insurance, in contrast, tend to offer catastrophic-only coverage. Why is that the case? Well, again, this gets back to the history of what's happened in this country, health insurance being regulated primarily by the people who were getting the money from them, the doctors in the hospital. From their point of view, uh, the ideal insurance plan covered everything from first dollar. So they never had to worry about collecting money from the patient. The insurance company would pay for everything. This, of course, creates horrible incentives for the patient and, for that matter, horrible incentives for the doctor. And so we tend to overspend if we don't bear any of the costs ourselves. Do you see any country moving in the direction of less government intervention in their health care system? Well, as you know, I like health savings accounts. and Some people call me the father of health savings accounts. Right. Uh, South Africa uh, developed health savings accounts uh, in the 1990s. In fact, I went there and helped them do it. Uh, and by the end of the 1990s, they had a fairly free market at that time. Since then, the government's been intervening a lot. Uh, but that's one country that is very interesting. Singapore is a country of accounts, which are kind of like a health savings account. And Switzerland is an interesting country. It, it has practically all private insurance. Individuals are required to own their own insurance. That insurance is portable. But even there, there's a lot of regulation. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Goodman. Sure, very good questions. I'm glad to be with you. You've been listening to Eye to Eye, an Ayn Rand Institute podcast. Episode 2, John C. Goodman, a conversation on health insurance, with host Rituparna Basu. For more commentary by Dr. Goodman, visit his blog at healthblog.ncpa.org. Information and episodes of this podcast are available on the Voices for Reason blog at blog.einrandcenter.org or on iTunes. You can find more information about Ayn Rand and her ideas on the web at einrand.org. I'm Amanda Maxim for Eye to Eye.